Do you ever constantly feel like you're falling behind and can never catch up and the stress and anxiety are taking over? Are you used to being productive and efficient, but lately you've been feeling sluggish and unable to stay focused for more than a few minutes at a time? Looking for an alternate choice to cut back on those energy drinks and giant cups of coffee? Then we've got the choice for you. Try Neuro. Neuro is a brand of gum and mints used to energize, calm, and focus whenever you need it. Neuro was developed by former athletes training at the highest level who didn't want to take mysterious supplements or energy drinks when studying, training, or going out. Instead of something sugary and ineffective, they wanted to create clean, balanced energy that could be taken anywhere, anytime. With thoughtfully curated ingredients and endless lab testing means that you can reach the right state of mind safely and consistently. Get that clean burst of energy and focused without the effects of coffee or energy drinks. It's a smart way to fuel body and mind. Stay in the zone, avoid the jitters, and crashing. Our listeners will get an automatic discount of up to 20% off on any gum or mint products using our link, tryneurogum.com slash potential. That's tryneurogum.com slash potential. Once again, that's tryneurogum.com slash potential. Order now. Get that clean burst of energy and focus. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Stewart. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow warrior of the multiverse, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the second series of the anthology show, What If? This is, of course, from Marvel Comics, Marvel Studios, uh, on Disney+. Um, and... This was a show that when it first came out, we actually were pretty interested in the, the style of it, the animation, and, and you know, really the potential um, you know, behind this show in terms of they really could do anything. They could take any characters that we have loved or even hated from the MCU and spin them in this new variations. And uh, we enjoyed season one quite a bit. Not every episode hit, but um, it was very interesting, the whole plot line, with uh, especially the Doctor Strange episode. And kind of this mega version of Ultron was very interesting. Um, but here we are in second season and uh, nine episodes once again. I guess you could count it as minor spoilers. I guess really realistically, it's not really like a show that's like you need to watch this to then understand anything happening in the MCU. This is its own subplot, subgenre. It's really for fans of the franchise wanting to see different variations of what could happen with their heroes and villains so with that i guess minor spoilers if you haven't watched it we're not gonna talk about every single episode in length but uh there was definitely some that stood out this season as really fantastic so Taylor, what was you know what what was your kind of expectations for season two and what how did it fare for you with these nine episodes after i guess it was like almost like a two-year wait from season one yeah so um i would i would say i mean when when it first you know, yeah, it was 2021 uh, or, you know, 
that yeah, we kind of got this. Yeah. So I, you know, there was a kind of weird period. We didn't know if we were going to get another season or if that was just a one-off, you know, with right now with the MCU is kind of like, until we get Deadpool three, we're kind of in a holding pattern. Like where's the MC going to go in terms of like how popular it's going to, is it going to get that resurgence again? Because in all honesty, it's been kind of a mess. So this is one of those bright lights of, you know, the shows where We've only had a couple shows where there was one season. Loki was only our season two kind of show. Everything else been kind of one-offs. So the first season, I did not know what to expect. I really love the idea of kind of this Twilight Zone, um, you know, kind of uh, Black Mirror kind of um, alternate idea of like, let's take these MCU storylines or these kind of storylines in the comics and kind of turn it on its head. And this is based off of um, these a Marvel comic series as well. So I like the idea and the fact that we you get actually a lot of the voice cast uh, from, you know, some of the main, you know, uh, heavy hitters to some of the side characters. So I was pretty excited. I was pretty pumped to see where they were going to go with it, especially because they can kind of get a little darker, a little more heavier on some of the subject matter than they have in some of the main films. So, um, but yeah, you know, season one, we have, you know, each of these episodes um, exploring these alternate timelines in the multiverse, it shows what would happen if major moments from the MCU had occurred differently. Something had changed. And of course, we have Jeffrey Wright uh, starring as a Watcher, who is the the Rod Sterling, the uh, the narrator, if you will. Yes. Uh, I am the Watcher. And um, so, following the last season, where we had a lot of these different different kind of short stories. It all kind of came to head where we had um, an alternate Ultron who kind of took over the uh, multiverse and the Watcher who has upheld this idea that I'm not going to get involved because I'm only allowed to watch. I cannot interfere. He ends up realizing I have to do something. So he assembles a team of all these, you know, multiversal, uh, you know, guardians of the multiverse, if you will. Uh, and so they, you know, stop Ultron, contain him and... Um, we kind of leave it where everyone goes back to the perspective universe and Captain Carter, which is an alternate version of Peggy Carter, who takes a serum, you know, he, he transports her into an alternate time where she can uh, reunite with, you know, her love and get another, you know, kind of opportunity in her life. So, yeah. So right off the bat, yeah, I love the animation. I love the, you know, star acting quality, but I agree with you. There were some really good standouts and there were some, you know what, I kind of want to maybe fast forward through this, this episode. Um, I think, you know, starting off like the first episode, you know, we talked, you know, what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? This kind of whole idea is if she, um, you know, kind of left her, you know, father to, um, you know, have another opportunity as a starting episode, that was pretty weak. I was not like a huge fan of that one. I was like, it was okay. But I, I think for, if you're going to have like a pilot episode for that, again, you got to go big. Um, I think the the next one we go into, you know, what if Peter Quill uh, attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? We have a uh, kind of earlier '80s version of the Avengers. I thought that was really a good, solid uh, episode. Yeah, I liked this one um, to start. Uh, that was a good idea, especially because you know, once we found in Guardians Galaxy Two that Peter is technically half god with ego this whole celestial kind of thing. It was kind of cool to see him like, what if he had these powers and was attacking things on earth, but really it's because he's just a kid. And, yeah. And we were kind of teased with this um, in the yes. previous season, which we was like, oh, are we going to go with that maybe? And um, you know, that ego kind of bends his will and he, you know, then this whole kind of connected tissue of, of, of fathers, um, sins of the father, it's back friends. <laughs> um, 
and, and something that's kind of interesting is really for most of these episodes is how many of the actual MCU actors do come back to provide their voice, which really is like, it's a solid like 90% of the actors come oh, back. Oh, yeah. Um, really, the only notable ones that are like, uh, I guess, is like Robert Downey Jr., no, Scarlett Johansson, no, Chris Evans, no, but like really apart from that, it's like most of the people, um, even if it's a few lines, came in to do their voice, which I think just shows that you know, either they really, really love their character that much or perhaps money talks, but I can't imagine the money was that good for, um, you know, for a couple lines in a what if episode, but I did enjoy that episode. Um, I liked how they kind of connected the whole, um, you know, with Hank Pym and his daughter and then like them connecting with Peter and that kind of like eased the blow, but it was kind of cool too when Ego was like, I have like this massive army of just like all these, you know, kind of things. And yeah, it was kind of cool to see the early version of Avengers. But my first like standout episode was um, what if happy Hogan saved Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Um, which was great. You know, I feel like Favreau deserves his due just to continue to have Hogan be, he's been kind of this bright light slash gesture throughout the MCU when he's popped up again. Um, and I liked how like, you know, after Tony died, they kind of, kept him as like a mentor figure for Peter Parker uh, through the Spider-Man movies. But um, yeah, this was great. Like what if, you know, almost in a diehard kind of situation, Avengers tower was being, you know, uh, you know, attacked and, and they may not have like, you know, anyone else to protect. And so Hogan ends up taking the Hulk ceremony. He becomes kind of this purple. Hulk. Yeah. And uh, the humor was great, too. I thought, like, they did some great humor with how he's, like, really excited to be the Hulk. And, uh, you know, and I liked how, <laughs> excuse me, oh, God. I liked how his Hulk was kind of a little Thanos looking a little bit. Like, he yeah. almost was, like, a Thanos variant, but, like, not a good looking one by any means. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that was that was fun and and the whole you know having um having um Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell back to be kind of hammer. like the head hammer and getting to be like in the the suit I thought was really fun to have like oh he'll be in the Hulkbuster and now it's these two fighting well you got a proper time to be a villain uh, with him in Iron Man too he doesn't really get to be kind of the standout villain he's kind of yeah kind of pulling the strings a little bit more. And there are rumors that he's supposed to be coming back in, I think it's Armor Wars. Um, I think with Tony gone, there's probably potential that Hammer is going to come back to try to claim the throne as the top arms dealer kind of situation. Um, so that was fun. Uh, another great episode, What If Iron Man Crashed Into the Grandmaster. Oh, this, this was... episode, yeah. just watch this episode just for Jeff Goldblum. Just for Jeff Goldblum to say... The weirdest stuff ever. It was hilarious. And actually, the guy who does Tony is pretty good. Mark Wingert, who's a voice actor. Um, he played Tony in the first season as well. Yeah, you know, Obviously, you can't really mimic Robert Downey Jr. to a T, but he does a good job of kind of the, the rhythms, the patterns. the Yeah, the personality little, for sure. Yeah. The names, you know, of calling people stuff. But um, like I think at one point he goes like, um, okay, Wizard of Oz or something like that. You know, he does these little, little reference uh, names, but... This was fun. I mean, going back to Sakaar and what if Tony landed there after the whole New York battle and meeting Gamora, meeting Valkyrie, Taika Waititi voices, you know, um, 
Korg back here, but this whole I loved I loved kind of the idea of like, oh, instead of um kind of a battle situation in the arena, we had like this whole like race. And I thought that was a lot of fun. It kind of made me think of like this is like otherworldly, like Mad Max meets Mario Kart in a way, where like yeah. what if, you know, and of course the Grandmaster has definitely uh uneven the playing field by having all these traps and things, but Jeff Goldblum was just hilarious. I'm so glad he came back to to voice this character. Um, and it was a kind of a cool way to like kind of reference like how Tony Stark was known by like someone like Thanos and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Because he's like the idea like, oh, you're the you were the yeah, the metal man. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this idea that, you know, we realize that Earth, you know, is a bigger place in the universe than maybe, you know, they would come to believe. But yeah, that was so much fun. I really enjoyed that. Um and um, I think a big standout for a lot of people, um, I think because of what we're seeing, this was a real surprising episode um, in terms of representation. Um, what if Kahori reshaped the world and having representing the first indigenous uh, superhero? I thought that was, it was just something very different about this. And I, I actually, I found myself actually really enjoying it more than I thought it would because I was like, well, it's not not that I had anything against an indigenous superhero. The idea that I don't know anything about this person, so I'm going in a complete blank slate. And this kind of cool idea about, and they, you know, this and kind of back to back with uh, the next episode after, you know, this was a lot of references. Uh, there was a very, very Thor and Odin heavy uh, kind of this season yeah. in, in terms of, you know, kind of what Odin kind of brought to the table, which was, I was kind of surprised the idea that the, um, the Tesseract would kind of gain, you know, these powers uh, to, to these villagers and have this kind of other world that it kind of created. I thought that was kind of, kind of interesting uh, to do. And I thought, I was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of different. what do you think about that episode? Well, first off, what was really cool about it was most of the entire episode, basically the whole episode was in their native language or in Spanish with the conquistadors coming yes. to so really, it was no English. It was all you know um, subtitles. And I thought that was that was very very smart to do. You know, really give us a, a idea of this culture and 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 yeah, it was kind of a cool idea of the whole like the tesseract becoming like making this like fountain of youth situation. And yeah, the powers they would have, um, and this girl kind of finding her place to to stand up. You know, and how this other world. Although beautiful, and you get these cool powers, almost in a way, it was a prison. And these yeah. people will never leave. So she's like, we have to go back and, and fight these people, and and um, and kind of her then becoming this new found uh, superhero. And in a way, I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, great. Now we need a movie of this character. Like we we need to see this person in live action. Um, so yeah, I was I was really surprised by that, but that was really cool because they did go heavy with Thor and Odin. Um, in this season and that led, led us to what if hella found the 10 rings and um so awesome that kate blanchett came back to oh uh, yes her character um and even idris elba who has like maybe two lines idris is like no one else is playing hemdale but me i'm gonna be the one doing it okay um but this was great what if hella had been banished like thor had been banished to earth and the same kind of thing where odin like talks into her helmet is like if hella should refine mercy, she'd have the power of Hela. So now she has no powers, but then she ends up finding up with like Wenwu and like this whole idea of like, oh, what if she's trained and 
I thought that was a really cool angle of like these two villains that we've seen now having to partner up to take down Odin. It was really cool. And like the animation really worked for this episode for me because her fighting style is so great. I just love her kind of like, she's, she's so like malicious, but now she has like no major powers. And so she's kind of like back to like square one for, minus her fighting skill. Yeah. And it was really cool to see like, what if, what if a villain that really is hell bent on their mission was kind of, you know, humbled in a way because they don't have the powers they do. Would they see things from a different standpoint? Would they see things from a different light and how that in a way could be a newfound power for them that they don't need these powers to find a new strength in them? Well, it's a great episode. Interesting perspective too. having Odin really is the villain who we always kind of see in this great father figure. And it was like, whoa, dude, back up. And I like the the end where it was like they became kind of these um, fighters for good. And you have like they really they really uh, crapped on Thanos in this whole season. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I loved it. Like these little like moments where they're just like, you know, when are we going to get Thanos's redemption arc? But I thought that was it was a cool where they kind of came in at the end. Um, and uh, I know this other episode. I've, I I thought of you totally watching this episode. I was like, this is. This has this to be Chris. This was my about. favorite episode. This yeah. was my favorite episode. And it wasn't just my favorite episode because of the subject matter. I actually thought it had some of the best action and just storytelling of the season. But we have what if the Avengers assembled in 1602? So the Watcher has, um, you know, again, with this whole idea of Captain Carter in this alternate universe, we have this whole, like, it was kind of an end credit scene to one of the episodes where we see. Wanda has sucked Captain Carter into like this portal and we then kind of are sent to 1602 and so it's a very Elizabethan Shakespearean kind of time and this was a lot of fun um first off you got like Loki is like the head Shakespeare actor in town which was (laughs) just like perfect for Tom Hiddleston but it was kind of cool to see like oh what if they took the Avengers and they're in 1602 so like you know, Captain, well, not Captain America now, it's just Steve Rogers. What if he's like a Robin Hood type? Yeah. And we have Rogers Hood. <laughs> Scott Lang, you know, who uh, I love that, you know, we had uh, Paul Rudd is kind of like he would be a thief along with Robin Hood. And, you know, you got Bruce Banner. Um, and it was kind of fun to see, like, oh, what are these characters? How would they talk if they was kind of in this time period? Obviously, uh, Tony had a lot of fun in this and even like how he, when there's not really much technology, what can he do with his skill set in this time era? Um, I love we have yeah we have Thor as this like kind of mad king during this time, and um, Hogan is playing like his his like side knight who like so it was just yeah. so fun. I it thought was yeah whole, very creative, very different, and yeah very different, very funny, a lot of good humor, but like the action was fun because it was all like it was like sword fighting and like. It was kind of musketeer like in a lot throughout the whole episode. So and I, I think it was just and I think that's where this where what if really shines is having okay, let's put these characters in a weird theme. Like that's what was a big solid episode for last season, Marvel Zombies. Like that was cool. Like I want, you know, where okay, yes. let's just do okay, we have the characters, but let's put them in a weird situation. It doesn't have to be a change in the storyline. It just has to be a whole different thing. Like, what if you did like another season was, oh, we're in a John Hughes film. <laughs> They're like Breakfast Club, the Avengers Club, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, the, really, the possibilities are endless, which is kind of the fun about the show. 
I, it was like the I last was, episode. Was, I was, was I was disappointed on this on this yes. finale episode. Well, what I thought was cool about it was the cabin in the woods element of like, oh, um, you know, we have Doctor Strange has this like prison basically of all these, you know, Earth wreckers basically like you know it's it's Ultron and Thanos and all these other characters that would ultimately be an end of times for and he's kind of kept them all as prison. But this is the other version of Strange, the one that went crazy trying to, you know, stop his girlfriend from dying. And so it was interesting that they went back to this guy. I you know, I, I was except, expecting Doctor Strange to show up at some point in the season, but it was like Peggy and um Kahori versus this version of Doctor Strange. And it was kind of cool when they would go in these little elements of like, oh, it's the zombies, we gotta fight them. Oh, it's uh this person we're gonna fight them. And by the time it ended, I was like, okay, you know, it, it, some cool lights and, and fighting, but I was kind of surprised as a whole that where they went with some characters, we did not have, you know, for having Wenwu and other stuff, we had no Moon Knight, no Shang-Chi, we had no She-Hulk, we had no Miss Marvel, we had no Captain Marvel. There's a bunch of characters that are like in the more new kind of regime that had no place in this at all. No yeah. Echo, no Daredevil. And it's interesting of like, was that on purpose or they wanted to go back to these select characters? Like obviously Peggy Carter was a big hit from season one. So they knew they wanted to focus on her a lot with season two. But I was kind of surprised that some characters really didn't have much like Guardians of the Galaxy had really nothing in the season. Um, you know, it's like, was that kind of on purpose that they were like, some of these stories are kind of ended. Like even I obviously we know with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, like Black Panther like they have a new voice actor for T'Challa in this, but he was in like one episode, yeah, for like a couple lines. So I'm almost like I understand that we can't do everything in the MCU because of life happens, but that's kind of the point of the show is that you can have these characters do, you know, what if T'Challa, yeah, didn't die and became, you know, what if T'Challa fought Namor? That'd be an interesting episode. You know, there's there's things like that where I'm like, I wonder what they're going to explore in season three because they they gave us a a scene for season three to kind of like, Oh, season three is going to probably be here sooner than later. We don't yeah. have to wait two years. It's probably going to be by, I'd imagine if not end of this year, maybe early next year, it's going to be kind of crazy if they put two seasons in the same year, but clearly they're like already working on it. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, I don't know. The whole thing is, it's very interesting what they choose to do, and what choose not to do. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But um, some of those episodes were standouts for me and some were, Okay, you know, I was kind of watching them while I was doing the dishes or, you know, whatever. But some of them I was really focused in on. And those are the ones that stand out for me, for sure. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, overall, I would give, you know, I was glad. I hope they continue this series. I'm glad that they've got a season three on the, the rise. Oh. But I do think that they either continue the route of maybe less cohesiveness and more like, let's do just these little standalone episodes and less connecting or go all out um, like they did the first season, but I'm going to give it a solid. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10 overall. Yeah. I'm going to do 7.5 out of 10 as well, because I still think there's enough writing with the humor and the, and the action animation and the voice acting is a big part of it. A lot of these actors come back to do the voice acting that makes it really fun. Now I still am excited for what they will do in the season three. Um, 
I just think sometimes they got to really stir away from some of these episode choices are just kind of like, okay, that's fine. You know, give us all, give us nine bangers is what we really want. And the, the tease of season three with um, Bucky and Red Guardian kind of escaping um, from the cops kind of looks like fun. So yeah. uh, we will see, but you can watch all two seasons so far of Marvel Studios What If on Disney+. Plus. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.